He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This, this is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome aboard on this uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, it's supposed to be raining uh, most of the day. So far, we've had a couple of little showers out there, but nothing really to speak of. I just uh, was uh, just was arriving, and uh, actually, I was seeing some blue skies back to the west. However, if I, you look at uh, the weather, uh, it looks like most of the stuff has moved to the east. Uh, but the, if you go in and look at... Uh, the current forecast, it says it's going to start raining at about 6, with a 30% chance of rain at 7, and a 50% chance, 50% chance at 8, uh, 9, 40% chance, uh, 50% chance at 10, and on through the evening uh, till about uh, 2 a.m., uh, which ain't exactly good news for live at the garden, but then again, I don't see any rain out there, so, I, you know, I guess these are going to be pop-up showers, so keep that in mind. And, hey, it's summertime, you know, take a hat, wear some clothes, you don't mind getting wet, and uh, go see the show. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be uh, Brothers Osborne uh, and the opening act, Ingrid Andrus. Uh, those are both country uh, acts and uh, should be really good. Gates opened at 6, and last I heard, there were still some tickets available. Uh, take a look at traffic right now. I should have a problem getting there if he left right now. <laughs> you got nothing to do for about uh, three hours. Uh, but there is a one accident, I-240 east of the uh, 385, the non uh Parkway. So keep that in mind. But otherwise, uh, everything else looks pretty good. Uh, and uh, there are only 189 people, MLGW customers, without power right now. That is great news. And, yeah, I guess in Memphis, uh, 189, 200 people without power is pretty much all the time. Somebody's going to be without power. It's just uh, the way it goes. Uh, Speaking of excitement, I had some excitement yesterday when I got home from work. I got home and uh, said hi to Kathy and uh, stopped at the store and went home, picked up a few things, and then I came in and uh, went out to sit on my deck and enjoy the evening, and I already had a guest. There was a king snake laying on my table on the uh, on the deck under my uh, the awning on my deck. I guess he crawled up there to cool off because it's a perforated uh, table, uh, you know, metal table, and he was all stretched out there taking a little snooze. And I think I woke him up, and uh, he started crawling off the top of the table and dropped down on the deck. And crawled under some of my grandson's little uh, scooters and and uh, uh, little toy trucks he rides around on. And uh, <laughs> my daughter and wife and my grandson-in-law came out there looking at it. He goes, my grandson goes, Papa, that's a big snake. And I said, well, it's, it's long. It's not really that big. Uh, but I think we've identified it as a king snake, uh, which is like uh, just a little predator snake that goes around in yards in this part of the country and uh, takes care of uh, moles and mice and uh, frogs and that kind of thing. Uh, they're not poisonous. They, now, they will bite you because that's what, how they get the, the prey they kill. And this one kind of drew back on me and I was uh, attempting to deliver some kind of blow, but 
I was uh, armed with a long stick, a uh, mop handle, and I just kind of slid him over to the edge of the deck and uh, slid him off, and then he crawled into the deck. Uh, Kathy and the, my daughter, and my, none of them wanted to hang out with me on the deck. In fact, my daughter wrote, uh, look at this date, uh, July 13th, uh, 2023, the last time I ever sit on Papa's deck. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to be lonely out there from now on. Nobody's sitting out there. I did look up online, though. There are some things you could do to keep friendly snakes just uh, from invading your space. Keep in mind, we moved into their world uh, when we settled here. And uh, they still inhabit the, the area, and I live out on a golf course. It's all open, and I have a water feature in my yard, a little pond. And so it has the little frogs, and uh, there I've seen snakes in the water there. Uh, and uh, so they're around, and I've seen other snakes in my yard. But usually they stay off by themselves, and they're, they're actually more afraid of us than we are of them. Uh, although if you look at my Facebook page where I posted this yesterday, <laughs> Apparently, there are a lot of people uh, who are deathly afraid of snakes. Uh, I was startled. I mean, I was in the process of sitting down. He was like uh, 18 inches from my face when I looked down and saw him. I mean, you just don't. I mean, I grew up in Texas, and and you're always looking on the ground for snakes. But I had never really thought about uh, sitting down at my, at my table out on my deck uh, where I spent a lot of time and looking down and seeing a snake stretched across the uh, table. But uh, you can look at my Facebook page if you want to see a, a photo of him. Pretty little thing. Uh, somebody asked, did you name him? And I said, yeah, I think I'll call him Skippy. Because I hope he skips on out and doesn't come back. But I did look up, uh, there are some things you could do. Uh, they said if you take Dawn detergent, uh, dish detergent, and squirt it around the area, if you have a patio or a deck, and you want or just put it at the doorways and garage entrance to your home, uh, because when it gets real hot like this, they're looking for a cooler place to go just like we do. And I think that's why he was up on my uh, table. He crawled up there to uh, A, to get a good vantage point. The uh, snakes like to look around the area and see if there's anything moving that they could eat. And uh, they also they climb when they are looking for something to eat because they're, they're they've looked on the ground, there wasn't anything. So they're thinking maybe I'll get a little height and, and get an uh, advantage on the little critters. And then, plus, it's cooler up there. He's had some air circulation underneath him, and uh, it was very humid yesterday, so keep that in mind. And uh, also, if you ch check your house, make sure all your doors close all the way and uh, they fit well around the uh, threshold, and because and don't leave your screen halfway open because they can even crawl up into the threshold and hang in up there. Uh, they do like to get up on window seals against the glass because, uh, believe it or not, your glass is cool. You don't have a screen separating uh, your window from the glass part. Uh, but uh, Spray Dawn, uh, the blue one, they said, is the one. And also, I thought this was kind of interesting, Irish Spring Soap. Uh, apparently, they don't like the smell of Irish Spring. So, you know, maybe that's what drove the snakes out of Ireland. <laughs> it was Irish Spring Soap. Uh, but it, I guess you could bathe with that. You'd never be bothered by them. But they're very sensitive to different odors, and apparently Irish Spring Soap is one of them they don't like. They also don't like ammonia. They can put ammonia out. Uh, garlic, they're not big on garlic, and uh, which I love garlic. Uh, so those are some things you can do to help keep them out of uh, your area uh, of play and uh, recreation. Uh, but uh, So just keep that in mind. And 
I just remember there's, uh, there's good snakes out there, too. The, this particular kind of snake takes care of rodents and other little critters that you don't want evading your area, and um, especially moles in your yard that tear up your yard. But uh, you know, don't necessarily jump off and kill it. My daughter's going, shoot it, shoot it. <laughs> I'm going to shoot him. It's a good snake. And of course, you get all the comments. Only a good snake's a dead snake. But uh, I have dispatched a number of rattlesnakes over the years. In fact, I, somebody sent me a thing yesterday from Texas before that even happened, and it showed these guys out wearing shorts with uh, knee-high boots uh, and camouflage shirts and hats uh, for dove hunting in Texas. Everybody go, why do they wear those big, tall boots? It was so hot and during dove season in Texas. And it's because of the rattlesnakes, because they're out there, and uh, when you come up on them and surprise them, they will bite you. And I thought this was kind of interesting. My, uh, I used to cover the, the Memphis Zoo all the time, so I got to know a lot of the people out at the zoo over the years, uh, covering for television news. And I was talking to the people at the uh, reptile house, and they were telling me, I said, so do y'all keep a snake bite around? Because I always had one when I was on a survey crew and worked in the oil field. And they said, nah, I said, it's, it, it, you feel like you got a, just a mild case of the flu. I said, even a rattlesnake? He said, oh, yeah. You know, now the, the python, uh, the cobra, I'm sorry, the cobra is pretty deadly. And I think the python is one that that, uh, that chokes its uh, victims to death. The same thing with the king snake. King snake doesn't even bite them to death. It, it may bite them just to get their attention, but they wrap around it and constrict and, um, and uh, squeeze the life out of it, so to speak. So, uh, but... They said that they don't even uh, go to the emergency room. They just uh, take a couple of Tylenol and keep on going. Uh, and they say don't do any more. They used to tell us always, you know, take and make a little X with a knife and suck the blood out and um, and then, uh, you know, get to a doctor as soon as possible to get the anti-venom. But uh, and I'll never forget that. I think it was a Twilight episode where a guy puts a snake in this guy's bed uh, to kill him. And the snake uh, crawled uh, up under the pillow and went to sleep. And so the guy gets up the next morning, walks out, and he goes, nothing happened to him. So the guy that put the snake in there goes, I can't believe that. So he lays down on the bed, and it evidently disturbs the snake, and the snake bites him on the neck. And ever since I saw that, man, I always look under the pillow and lift up the covers to see if I got any friends in there before I crawl in. So I guess it's the good uh, habit to get into is always look before you uh, sit down at a table or walk through anywhere if you're outside because it is summertime and they are out there. Now we're going to take a quick break and then uh, we'll be right back. And welcome back. You know, there's a new big Barbie doll move out there. They even got uh, the Barbie movie's latest marketing collaboration is a, get this, a hot pink Burger King combo meal. Ugh. I've never been a big fan of pink, the color, anyway. I mean, uh, the only thing I ever really uh, enjoyed or uh, used that was pink was Pepto-Bismol, because it works. <laughs> but... Uh, I remember one time my wife wanted to paint the our living room, our first house, uh, what she described as coral. Uh, it turned out that after we got it painted, it looked like we were inside a bottle of Pepto-Bismol, and uh, even she agreed. <laughs> so we changed the coral. But the Barbie marketing machine keeps on cooking up new ideas. Uh, 
in the run-up to the Blockbuster's July 24th release, consumers have been inundated by Barbie merchandise ranging from dog toys to roller skates. The latest partnership brings Barbie to the world of fast food. Uh, the Burger King Brazil this week unveiled the Barbie-themed meal. The BK Barbie combo features a cheeseburger topped with bacon bits and dressed with a bright pink sauce that Burger King says has a smoky flavor. <laughs> has a pink flavor. Customers will also receive a pink vanilla milkshake with strawberry uh, Nesquik powder mixed in. Once the straw is put into the dessert, Burger King tops it off with a pink frosted donut. Yeah, buddy. Give me one of those. Um, and then uh, something else that's coming up that you might be interested in uh, is the holiday special. Hallmark Channel is announcing its first ever countdown to Christmas cruise. You know, during the holidays, uh, my wife watches, and I and I have to admit, I've been sucked into uh, many a Hallmark uh, Christmas show as well. You sit down and just kind of watch for a second, and next thing you know, they got you. <laughs> I'm always coming upstairs, and I'm like, Kathy will disappear. And I go, I wonder where she is. I go upstairs, and she's sitting there standing up like she just changed the channel. Instead of she, I just meant to watch this for two seconds, and I just I had to find out what was going to happen to these two. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. They're going to get in an argument. They think it's all off, and then their friends all get together and trick them into being together again, and they find out they really like each other, and then uh, everything turns out rosy. But uh, now you can climb aboard a, a big uh, cruise ship and uh, get to see uh, Hallmark movies, and it's called uh, the Hallmark Channel Fans, a first-ever Christmas-themed cruise. With all the channel's holiday spirit is setting sail next year. The Hallmark Channel, known for its holiday season films, announced it will host a themed Christmas cruise that will set sail November 2024. According to the news release, the cruise will be four nights departing from Miami. Passengers will travel to the Bahamas and return to Miami where they can immerse themselves in Hallmark Channel Christmas with top Hallmark stars and unique Yuletide experiences. <laughs> See me on that cruise. Uh, I don't think I've never been on a cruise and I, I, I've never been even tempted to go on a cruise. Um, but uh, the Christmas themed cruise will take place aboard the Norwegian Gem cruise ship in partnership with the uh, Sixth Man, a company that puts together fully immersive festivals at sea. I did see the Turner Classic Movies had a cruise and they had some of their stars on. You love watch all Turner Classic Movies. I, I might be inclined to do that, but. I don't know if I want to go on a cruise. My daughter and her husband went on one a couple of months ago. And went down to uh, the Caribbean and to Mexico and said it, they did not have a good time. And they used to, the, it was the food that really got people to go because they had these, this incredible food that you couldn't really find anywhere. It was the same thing with the casinos. You go to the casinos, you get like prime rib and king crab and it was like five bucks. But that didn't happen anymore. You go to the casinos, and it's the same price as it is any place else you go. And then you get on the cruise, and they said the cruise they were on, it was like hospital food. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I don't want to go anywhere where the food tastes like hospital food. I've been in the hospital. <laughs> and even if you're starving, you go, nah, I'll pass. I'll be out someday. <laughs> I don't know when, but I'll be out someday. Uh, just taking a quick look at traffic right here. This guy looks like uh, Germantown Parkway is uh, backed up the the uh, southbound lanes. Uh, look at the camera here, see if it, see what it is. 
Yeah, it's just your Friday afternoon, um, stacked up, uh, ain't going anywhere. Uh, but it's got to be something stacking it up. I know there is a, a wreck in the um, northbound lane uh, right there at uh, Nankana on I-240, and that's slowing it up a little bit on the northbound lane. But uh, and th- now the uh, the southbound lane on I-240 crossing Poplar is starting to turn orange, which is uh, better than red. So uh, that's good. So that means you can all get home and uh, get safe. But uh, if you're out there, and always keep in mind, give us a call if you see traffic stacking up someplace so we can warn our, our other travelers out there on the streets. Be a, a uh, highway patrol for us, uh, 901-260-5926. Let us know if you see anything going out there so we can warn everybody else off. I mean, you would like to be warned not to go down Poplar if it's stacked up forever. So let's try to return the favor if, uh, if you can do that. Uh, big day at my house. Uh, my daughter and her husband, my grandson, have been staying with us after they sold their house, and uh, they're in the process of they take possession of their new home in Collierville today. This, I think my daughter said they've been there five months now, and it's been great. I mean, we've got the uh, big family. we got a big house, and so they had upstairs a whole half of the house, and, and uh, they've been – been great having my little grandson there every morning making breakfast and getting him going to school and uh, uh, so uh, it is uh, it's been great uh, but they'll be moving this weekend we'll help them it's gonna be lonely around there though I mean you get used to a bunch of people and all of a sudden they disappear and uh, it ain't it ain't the same so I think we're gonna go through a little withdrawal syndrome here for a little bit but uh, anyway I think we got a uh, caller on the uh, line here with uh, we got BT with Stolen Car Solutions. Hey BT, what's happening? Hello. Hello. Is this uh, Mr. Earl Farrell? Yes, sir. How are you? <clears throat> this is BT from uh, South Memphis, and I had an idea about slowing these car thefts down. Well, uh, can I call you Earl? Yeah, yes, sir. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Call me Earl. Okay, Earl. This is my idea was to electrify these cars, put up uh, where they would shock and, and uh, somebody getting ready. It ain't going to solve the whole problem. But like uh, somebody's going to steal a car, maybe a shopping center or something like that, and they shot the hell out of them and then, and then the car light up too. <laughs> I like your idea. I tell you what, uh, people had uh, came up with that idea back when uh, at Christmas time a couple of years ago about booby-trapping packages on the front porch and uh, they came up with a way of doing that that it would shock them. And, uh, of course, then the lawyers got involved and sued the homeowners for inflicting pain and said a kid could have come up there and grabbed it, and uh, they couldn't do that. Uh, but I do think it's a good idea, and I really don't know what the answer is other than locking the people up because they're catching them. The police department is catching these car thieves, but then they're not sending them away. They need to go away. Would you agree on that, BT? You're 100 percent right, Earl. All you right. need to send them away. That's right. Uh, I guess I guess we'll have to do things at the polls. I agree with you. Listen, thank you for calling, BT. Like your idea. We got to take a quick break, uh, and we'll be back. Now back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. 
And thank you very much, and welcome back on this uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, on the phone with me right now is uh, Jim Elliott, who is uh, from this area. I've worked with him for many years at WREG. And then he moved up to Connecticut and was just recently retired from the television news business. Uh, we chat often, and um, we spent many years driving around in news cruisers pontificating about everything in the world. And uh, <laughs> so we continued. And we were right. And we were always right. <laughs> We even shocked ourselves on occasion, <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting. Uh, it, it's like my, when my father, uh, I told him I was going to go to the university of Texas at Austin. He said, I don't think that's a good idea. son." I said, why is that? He goes, man, a very liberal part of the country, very liberal school. I said, dad, I grew up in the most conservative place in the world, West Texas. Do you think they're going to actually have an influence on me? And, I, and you were my father. I've been with you since I was born. He said, well, give it a shot. And they had, they didn't phase me. <laughs> and when Jim went to uh, the Connecticut, I said, man, that's a, kind of a different world up there. And you went up there, you immersed yourself in it, worked in it, and been there all these years, uh, what, 40 years? Yeah, well, close, getting close. And, uh, and you're basically the same as you were when you left. I mean, I think that's, but that really tells you a lot about people is that we really don't change. I've learned that in my life that, uh, I, you know, I'm pretty much the same person I was when I was 15 or 16 years old. And, you know, you learn a lot, you, you learn what not to do and you learn what works and what doesn't work. But basically your, your attitude and your outlook on life didn't really change that much. Well, you know, it's funny. I was, yeah, my wife just retired and, uh, I'm seeing all these people that, at my station up here, Channel 3, that I hadn't seen because I've been out for five years. So I'm seeing them all again. And they're telling me, yeah, you know, even though I'm getting old, I still feel like I'm 30 years old. Yeah, you do. But the funny thing is, <laughs> when I came up here, actually, as I got older, became more conservative. And what may have done it is because <laughs> all my friends are so crazy Democrats, you know, up here in the Northeast that, I mean, the whole, there's the... Democrats outnumber Republicans two to one in Connecticut, even though there's a huge uh, undecided group up here or an unaffiliated group. And uh, I always was with the unaffiliated group. But as I moved towards the middle and just being back to the way I was raised and what I believe in, my friends just kept getting (laughs) more and more to the left. So I wasn't I wasn't right of center, but they just kept pulling that center to the left. And slowly I ended up right of center. And. I don't feel like I've changed at all. Do you think that it is because that's the way they were raised? I mean, uh, there used to be an old expression in the, in the South, I know in Texas, it was called yellow dog Democrat, which meant that mm-hmm. you could run a yellow hound dog for office, and if they were a Democrat, they'd vote for them. Absolutely. And with most of the Republicans in my life, I mean, there's a lot of people I know that are very conservative. They're looking at Robert Kennedy right now and going, you know, that guy makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, you know, people do change. People do change, you know, or you decide that, you know what, I I do have my own voice. And so I'm not a Republican or a Democrat or vote one way or the other because I'm going to vote that way all the time. I'm grand loyal, you know. I think that is uh, almost a thing of the past. I think so many people are sitting there going, number one, we're Americans. And you're not going to tell Americans what to do. I don't care what your party they start telling you, well, you're going to vote this way. Oh, wait a minute. And you can say, we think you ought to, and we'd like for you to, but you're not telling me what to do. And, uh, and I think well, hey, that's. 
I think you're right. Now, but I think the people that tend to feel that way tend to not go with big government, and they tend to end up being more conservative. Yeah. Well, you, know, I, I, you 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 treasure your freedom, and you don't want anybody telling you what to do. You know, I was I was talking to my friend the other day, and and he was he, he was at this party that where we were. There was a disparate group, a bunch bunch of people, all kinds of people, and he was telling me, you know, he goes, I, I'm a moderate, you know, and. I said, I'm moderate, too. And he goes, you know, it's just like on gun control. Now, this guy's as big a blue person as you'd want. Right. And he said, as far as guns, he goes, I think everyone has the right to have a gun, but I would like to see them all registered through the government. And I'm like, well, uh, why would the government yeah. need to know yeah, what guns are? Why do they need to know that you got a gun? Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, you, you end up with all kinds of ways of thinking about things, but, uh, I mean, it just comes down to you have to vote for one side or the other. Well, it and it is uh, it has a lot to do, I think, with the way you were raised, and a lot of people who weren't raised around guns in the South. We all grew up with guns. I mean, when I was in high school, there were people that showed up. We they had a twenty-two, maybe a shotgun in the back window of their pickup truck, and they didn't even lock their truck. No, and in Pennsylvania, I mean, they, even in the Northeast, they they usually let the kids out of school in Pennsylvania on deer hunting on the first day of deer hunting season. Yeah, to go hunting. I mean, it was just common practice. I mean, it was just part of the culture. And uh, so, so then you, you got people who have never been around them. They're scared to death of them. Just like I was t- telling everybody about the snake. I don't know if you saw it on my Facebook page. No, I was, I was listening to you. And on my table on my deck, I was sitting down. <laughs> I looked down and go, well, that's a snake. <laughs> and having grown up around them, I, I've always, you know, I'm always looking where I'm stepping. In, but I've never sat down to a table with a snake on the table. Right, right. But even then, I, said, I stood up and I went, okay. And I moved around the side and I said, Hey, find another place. And he's, yeah, you know he's going to leave, you know? Yeah, and then I got a stick and kind of slid him off the deck, and he crawled into the deck. Uh, I, I'm shocked at how many people are just terrified of dogs. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know, I grew up around dogs, and I'm not afraid of dogs. And I'm sure that a dog could attack me and rip my, <laughs> rip my leg open, but I just don't have that fear. I mean, a person could do that to you, too, and I, just, yeah. I don't go around fearing people. Well, and in, in today's world, it, uh, I think a lot of people are very afraid of anybody that, I mean, we got this thing called, uh, um, neighbors, which is a thing where people put up a crime and, and video from their ring doorbell with strangers coming into the yard. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, there was a time when, cause we grew up and you grew up in West Memphis. We, we left home on a Saturday morning at about 10 o'clock and got on our bike and we didn't come home until the sun went down. <laughs> and we went in everybody's yards. We we trespassed everywhere. And, well, and the thing is, Earl, they, none of us ever heard of any bad crime. There weren't serial yeah. killers. There weren't child molesters. I mean, I, I'm sure that stuff was going on, but it was so rare at that point. Yeah. That it just never happened. And we all looked out for each other, all of us kids. And so did the parents. If you're in some neighborhood and you got thirsty, you just go up and knock on the door and say, can I get a sip of water out of your garden hose? Now. Now yeah. they look at you and go, you going to drink out of my hose? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you've got, you'll get some kind of uh, chemical poisoning. Well, uh, just like I was t- talking about the cruise uh, a minute ago, about the this uh, Hallmark cruise they're going to have. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, man, I don't think I'd want to go in that. I got a message from a friend of mine in Texas uh, showing a shot of the Texas coast, and they said how, many, how much all the cruise ships are dumping all their sewer in the ocean. And now the fecal particles in the in the Gulf along the Texas coast is like unacceptable. 
And uh, you sit there and go, and I, I talked with Randy Wright at the dive shop who comes on here, and we talked about how all the coral reefs around the world have all healed because of the COVID outbreak. They stopped, they stopped the tours, and the earth started healing itself because the, all these cruise ships aren't dumping all their waste overboard all over the world. Well, plus they say that, you know, they, they put out more emissions than, like, the whole country does. They're the the whole um, – all the automobiles in our country does that. The cruise ship does that one season, but I mean, they, they'll turn you into an environmentalist. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, yeah. Listen, we need to be working constantly to making things better. But the idea of being stuck on a boat with four thousand no. people and making announcements constantly and everyone eating and drinking to excess—I mean, I just I, to me that's exactly what I don't want no. to go on vacation. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, and plus we covered crowds for events, a big, huge events for so many years. I, you know, I, I just, uh, I'm a, I go to them and we're going to a concert tonight live at the garden, but, uh, you know, it's not 20,000 people, it's 5,000. So, you know, it's not and spread out and I don't have to drive very far and you have to well, walk. Plus when it's over, you can leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't like Woodstock where you got to camp out there. And I would, exactly. I, I would never do. Uh, we got to take a quick break. We're gonna we're talking with Jim Elliott, and we come back. I want to get your take on the Secret Service giving up on the uh, search for the cocaine uh, person that brought the cocaine into the White House, and uh, find out what people up there are thinking about that. Uh, so hang in there. We'll be right back. And welcome back on a Friday afternoon. We got Jim Elliott on the phone up in uh, the Connecticut area. He's been up there for more than thirty years. And uh, we were just discussing the White House Secret Service giving up on their uh, search for the person who brought in the cocaine to the White House um, a week ago this past Sunday. And, and they finally said, according to NBC News, the Secret Service was just not able to identify the smuggler despite using two FBI cram lab techniques to attempt to lift a fingerprint. Sources uh, told them the information resulting from forensic testing or video review has just been unable to identify a suspect. NBC News Kelly O'Donnell tweeted, a list of several hundred individuals was compiled who may have had access to the area, and it was just too many people. I mean, they did, which can't handle 500 people. Uh, through our visitor logs and surveillance footage of hundreds of individuals who were permitted to enter the West Wing, but uh, no suspect was identified. O'Donnell said a source familiar with the findings believes the leading theory remains that a visitor. <laughs> well, of course it's the leading uh, theory. Yeah, the dreaded visitor. <laughs> Nobody was responsible for anything. No. That you was... know, it comes down to, okay, everybody all right, Everybody knows Joe Biden, our president's son, has a serious drug problem. And he shows up that, you know, that day or that weekend. And there's a video of him. And I'm not going to convict someone off of video, but he sure looks like he's coked out to me because. Is that where he's on the balcony of the White House? I've been coked. I've been coked out in my life, and that's kind of the way I was twitching around, you know, <laughs> 30 years ago. So, I mean, even though it's been a long time, I kind of look at that. And you look at Jill up there on the railing. Uh, she and was she mad. Was like, yeah. Yeah, she was not so, happy with it. I mean, that's not a conviction. I, I can't convict a guy, but, no, but it, it's not even that. It's the fact that the White House is just constantly coming up with a new problem. And the problem is just completely self-inflicted and needless. 
Well, and the thing is, I think what gets everybody so frustrated is, uh, you know, if you grew up and you were um, out and about during the 70s and 80s, uh, there were people on doing coke everywhere. We all yep. know the deal. They were hanging out in the restrooms, coming in and out of the restrooms, yep. coming back, sniffing, wiping their nose. I mean, you saw it. So to tell us or to try to, to say, no, he was just standing there bending over behind his uh, stepmother <laughs> and just to get out of sight of the crowd. I mean, and that's how they are. That's how brazen those people get. Because I remember seeing them in places like Alon's thinking nobody's looking because your whole world shrinks down around you. And yeah. you, you think you can't see anything, so you don't think anybody else can see anything. Yeah, it's 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 not good. I mean, it, listen, they they've got a serious problem, and uh, the Democrat uh, hierarchy must be freaking out because. And it, there's Mika on TV saying, "Oh my God, can't they help this guy because he's looking like he's old and blaming the butt. staff for it." Yeah, and then you know, you have the sun's out of control, and there's all the Ashley Biden diary, and, and most of most. Liberals in America aren't even hearing half this stuff, but they it leaks through. They can they know that this guy is old, and um, people get tired of people get tired of things. And so I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. Oh, I, I don't. I think they're starting to turn on Joe, the Democrat. I, I do. I do too. You're seeing way too many stories coming out, uh, inside stories where people are uh, coming out and talking about how angry he is and that yeah. he's uh, dropping the f bomb on everybody. Uh, yeah. the, I heard a whole litany of uh, him yelling at the media when they ask questions. He go, you know, he yells at them now. He goes, "Hey, man, come on! You, what have you been out? You been out snorting? Are you a coke?" Uh, uh, freak too? Come on, man. Well, you know, I was talking to my my friend about Biden falling down all the time, and they, there's three photographs that they can use all the time, him falling down. And he said, well, Gerald Ford fell down all the time. But the joke on Gerald Ford was he was a clut. Yeah. The joke on Joe Biden is he's too damn old to be president. Yeah. Well, that, and they did make fun of problem. Gerald Ford, remember Chevy Chase made a career oh, yeah. out of it. I mean, Saturday oh, yeah. Night Live. He played, remember they said he played football where in Michigan he didn't wear his helmet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, he was a big joke. Yeah, but it was a joke that he was a you know he was a doofus that he was a dumb clown, which is what they say about all the Republican presidents. They're they're clowns, and then on they also happen to be evil, so they're evil clowns. And if you go back and look, every perception of a Republican president in the past has been that they're an evil clown. Yeah. They did it to Ronald Reagan until he was no longer oh, yeah, president. Absolutely. <clears throat> Once absolutely. he he was out of office, he was the, he was a great president. Absolutely, reached across no, the aisle. But when he was president, they hated him. And the Democrat presidents we have are in 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 session have been the smartest president we've ever had. Well, and Hunter's the smartest <laughs> man that Joe's ever met. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know, man. You know what? It's like. To me, my attitude is the, my the nasty side of me says it's just it's just a real shame that Bo died because Bo was obviously much much sharper than Hunter and didn't have this you know this monkey on his back. Yeah. And then you know it's, if Joe is if Joe is corrupt, he was left with this guy who is just prone to just screwing stuff up left and right. And that's exactly why people believe that he left cocaine in the White House. Well, <laughs> and he, I'm not saying he did. Well, I'm not saying he did either. But we do. Uh, we saw him a few days after that, and he was certainly yep. manifesting all the symptoms of a cokehead. Well, he looked a little cranked up to me. <laughs> and and here's the thing: is that uh, you know, 
I thought what they were going to do, because I think they're really setting Joe up right now to get rid of him and, and not to get rid of him as, as president, but not have him as the candidate for the next election. Now, the problem is that uh, ideally what would happen is uh, Kamala would then step in as the candidate. Yeah. She's vice president. But they yeah. don't want her either. No, they don't. They've so, got less faith in her than they do. Yeah. Joe. And so, so who they've got is Gavin Newsom, yeah, who looks like Gordon Gecko's little brother. <laughs> and his state is in shambles. And he started out in San Francisco. And I'm seeing, Ruined that. I've seen people in San Francisco talking about how everybody's gone from the in downtown San Francisco. I'm seeing uh, guys in China doing risking their lives to do videos in Shanghai talking about how all the foreigners that live, have left town is a disaster. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing that's going on in San Francisco. Yep. Exactly. Except it's us. We left. We left our own town. <laughs> and but it's going on in every democratic city in the country. And I mean, look, New York, up there where you are. And uh, so you think you're going to run Gavin Newsom, and he's going to have a nice, easy way when he's got a record like he's got? It's just a disaster. I, well, and I heard yesterday that uh, a recent <laughs> survey that 24 percent of the Democratic base during the midterms has now switched over to conservative. And it's a huge part of that are Hispanic because they're family oriented and they're conservative. Yeah. And, and I've been all- saying, Errol, I've been saying this for 25 years. They've let all these people in who are basically conservative Catholics, yeah. you know, who are family oriented and very patriotic people. And they think they're going to turn around and vote for all this crazy left wing <laughs> stuff. They're not going to do that now. We're talking with Jim Elliott. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, we'll continue the discussion. So stay with us. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back. we got Jim Elliott on the phone from Connecticut. Jim uh, was uh, in TV news here for many years, worked with him in Channel 3, WREG. And, uh, in fact, we had a, a reunion here just a few weeks ago, and uh, Jim came down from Connecticut. People came from really all over. It was really good to see everybody. Uh, it was. Uh, and it, it, at the, I remember at the time when we were all together, it was really a very close-knit newsroom, and I I would tell people, because I'd worked for a number of TV stations before I got to Memphis, and I said, this ain't the way it is everywhere. <laughs> I remember you telling me that. I do. And I said, no, uh, true. y'all should enjoy this, because we were all young, we were all single, and we would you know, we'd work go hard. Go out together. After we got off work, we'd all go out together. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> hang out. And uh, I remember that um, uh, Huey's over by Channel 5 was one of our big hangouts. Uh, we used to go in there all the time. And, and you'd go in there, and it was uh, they used to call it the volcano because it was like dead until midnight and then it exploded just like a big <laughs> volcano would erupt. And uh, they had an incident the other day, just the way crime is here. Some uh, people came in the back door and went in and drugged some guy that worked in the kitchen that they had worked with at uh, Chipotle and beat him to a pulp, and then they left and came back, and this girl comes in the front door, and she pulls a gun out of her waistband, and says, I left my phone. Somebody give me my phone, I'll shoot this place up. And, uh, I mean, that's Huey's. And then they had another incident, the one out east, where a police officer saw somebody, an off-duty police officer saw somebody breaking into a car trying to steal it, 
He goes out, identifies himself as an off-duty police officer, and they got an AR-15, starts shooting at him. He, he shoots at them. Uh, they ended up arresting him, but uh, the problem is they're not they're not sending these people away, and uh, that's the only thing that's well, going to stop insane. it. Well, that's insane. That's yeah. insane. Well, it's but it's that then you see it on the national level with this whole thing with the cocaine. I mean, you sit there and go, we all know what's going on. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's like you know we sit there and it it's much bigger than they found some cocaine in the White House. Exactly. It has to do with the investigation and the FBI and the belief that they're telling us the truth and covering things up. And I mean, it rots it rots our whole society out from the top down. Yeah, and then people, you know, it's people, not good. Now, here's uh, Martha McCallum, uh, cut number three. She was shocked that there's no evidence for cocaine. Listen to this. We are scratching our heads over this story today, folks. How is it possible that the Secret Service has no clues, no fingerprints, no DNA from a bag of cocaine left in a cubby near the Situation Room of the White House? No video surveillance, nada. There's nothing. There's absolutely no evidence whatsoever. They say hundreds of people passed through this area where it was found. And the statement wraps from the Secret Service with this. The Secret Service investigation is closed due to lack of physical evidence. And remember, from the start, the White House told us that certain questions around this, such as could it have belonged to any member of the Biden family, including Hunter Biden, who spends a lot of time there, those are not allowed. They were not here Friday. They were not here Saturday. They were not here Sunday. They were not even here Monday. They came back on Tuesday. So to ask that question is actually incredibly irresponsible. So they were there Friday, actually, uh, which we have reported here. And they should have been able to ask, was uh, Hunter doing coke on the balcony of the White House on Tuesday when he did come back? I'm sure you've gotten a very clear answer on that question. Yeah, that would have been. That is totally inappropriate to answer that, as a question. There's no proof whatsoever other than the video. You know, the other thing is they talk about the fingerprints. They said there wasn't anything on the bag. Well, this is uh, evidently this is a locker like he would go to a bus station airport and you open the locker, you put your cell phone and stuff, because you can't take your cell phone into the White House for security reasons. And so you put it in there, you lock it, you take the key with you, come back, you open it, and you leave the key there. The key is still missing, which means whoever put it in there and locked it had to push the door closed with their finger or their elbow or something. And I don't think this person was bright enough to use their elbow or their nose. And so there was another place that their fingerprints could have been. I talked to several people in law enforcement here in Memphis, uh, state level, local level, and they all said, I said, how long would it take you to uh, find out who had this Coke? And he said, all of them said less than 24 hours. <laughs> less than 24 hours. And would well, they, and, it's not. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it really is. It's just piled on top of other things. Yeah, you know? And that's it. And then they yeah. tell us that Joe's okay. Here's MSNBC's Joe Scarborough. Now, this guy used to be a uh, Republican from the panhandle of Florida before he went That's crazy. That's what he said he was, yeah. Before he went crazy. <laughs> and this is him saying Biden is very sharp and on top of the issues. Here's Joe Scarborough, cut uh, number 11. Back home because oh, this no, president no, 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 no. is good at what he does. And these I've events. Always told people. Mm hmm. No, I just always told people that he's the president's very sharp. 
Uh, he, if, if, if uh, you, you say something or write something, there have been times he's called uh, and uh, he's refuted it uh, very sharply. He's, uh, I, I've talked to foreign leaders that have had conversations with him that said that he was on top of every issue. And uh, to the degree that they were actually some, some, some NATO leaders have told me they were very surprised. The contrast between the image in the mm-hmm. public and the Joe Biden behind closed doors uh, because he is so sharp and he's on top of everything. So much of it has to do with presentation. I will say also for any Trumpers that are saying, oh, my God, they're talking about how we may need to take a rest every once in a while. Please, you're talking about Donald Trump, who did nothing but sit in his office and watch cable news all day. The executive (laughs) time, would we like to get the well, I'm sure we could go to Mar-a-Lago. He probably has them shoved in in drawers, uh, his his, all of his stuff. Joe. (laughs) And then, Did that sound like an actual critique of of the political world in America today? No, this is this is Joe Scarborough and uh, Mika, <laughs> who Mika came out yesterday and was talking about the staff was at fault for not making sure he didn't trip over stuff, which he tripped getting on Air Force One yesterday leaving uh, <laughs> Europe, and uh, it was their fault, and they should uh, make sure that he's got clear pathways. There's no sandbags, and that uh, they need. And so they must have gotten blasted for that. That's why they came back and said, uh, he probably called up and said, how dare you say my staff should be taking care of me? You know? Probably. Probably. And, and so Joe and Mika, which I think they have an uh, aggregate audience of about eight, uh, MSNBC is just like, and along with CNN, uh, is there with, uh, uh, and then, Today, I didn't even know that Geraldo had gotten fired off of uh, the five. I think I think Greg Gutfeld did that. Got him there fired? Things that happened with Greg Gutfeld and Geraldo where Greg Gutfeld started mocking Geraldo. And, um, and then the next thing you know, Geraldo went two or three weeks without being on. And then I read on Twitter that Geraldo was telling people that he was no longer going to be on the five. I think Gutfeld got him fired. Well, here's Gutfield, because uh, Raldo went on The View yesterday, and we tried to find some audio from it. Couldn't find anything, so I figured, well, he must have not said anything too controversial. But here's Greg Gutfield dogging Geraldo after he went on The View. First, let's go to The View, <laughs> where I'd like to report a murder. <laughs> Uh, I was fired from the five. I had a very toxic relationship with uh, another of the cast members. Which one? <laughs> Is it I, I may, I may get there. I may get there if okay. you really, if, if you, really you, know, if you check the internet. And also, I thought yeah. that it was very unfair that I was not judged objectively in our disputes, but rather uh, he was always favored. Hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no. Poor thing. In lieu of flowers, we've set up a GoFundMe page to get him a barber. (laughs) But I credit The View for finally finding a guest with a bigger mustache than their panelists. (laughs) They're a hairy bunch. So uh, uh, Greg continues to attack uh, Geraldo. Remember when Geraldo came to Memphis back uh, to investigate Dr. Nick back after Elvis died? Yeah. And he uh, he was around. He was going to the drugstores and trying to get people to say stuff. And uh, the one thing I kept hearing it from everybody was that uh, that uh, he didn't have good hygiene. Did you ever hear that? 
No, I didn't. I did not. I was I was surprised by it because I mean you know obviously he could afford it, but maybe you know the the southern heat got to him and he. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean he's Puerto Rican. He should be used to. Hustling. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Although it, it, no, the, you know the thing about Geraldo is Geraldo's always been about Geraldo, yeah. and that's been the whole reason he got on TV. He got on TV back when they wanted to go with. Younger people and big personalities, and Geraldo had that in spades, and he was doing great, and he got on ABC, and then he took off, and everyone loved him, and then he got too big for the news, and he went off and did Al Capone's <laughs> The Vault. <laughs> you know, and he ends up on Fox because, I mean, really, he's a moderate kind of guy who's not going to offend people that much, you know, and so they put him on Fox as their token liberal, and... You know, I mean, I think he got into a fight. I don't know what was going on, but something happened between him and Gutfeld. And Gutfeld has the two number one shows on Fox. And so when Gutfeld, I think he said, "I he, this guy's such a jerk, I want him gone. Yeah. And I think that they let him go. I'll, I'll tell you, though, I'm, a, I'm about done with the five. <laughs> That's the only thing left on Fox that I even watch. And... You know, I, I Harold Ford Jr., I like Harold Ford Jr., but as a person to be on that panel, he never stands for anything. No, he, he never wants to offend anybody. He wants to be yeah. so moderate that no one can get offended with anything he says. And so he's worthless. And then well, you've got Jessica Tarnov, and I don't really love her yeah. or her politics. You know what I mean? Well, the thing is that ever since Tucker uh, was ousted, uh, I think the whole network has, has changed. I do too. And uh, I try to watch it because I like some of the people still on there, but I, I think the five has definitely changed. And and I do like Harold Ford Jr. I've always liked him. I've known him since he was a little kid out campaigning for his dad. And uh, But you're right. He comes on, and the first thing he says, I just want to say thank you once again for having me on. <laughs> I know. It's an old joke at this point. you know. And then they ask him some question. And he could really get in there and dig in and explain, you know, behind the scenes. That's his point of view, and he doesn't. Yeah. He just goes, "Oh, I, I totally agree with you," but also I'd like to say, and then he tries to give some mitigating, you know, mild circumstance. He doesn't really stand for anything. No, and when you don't stand for I mean, anything, I'd like to then just come out and just like start, you know, show up with a flamethrower one day and just tell everybody they're completely full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's what Tucker is uh, doing. Uh, we got a cut here with um, uh, Tim Scott jokes that he's going to appoint Tucker Carlson as his bye-bye ambassador to help with deporting illegals. It's cut 14. We have to identify where they are, and I'm not going to pretend that that will be an easy task. But that should be the response. Well, but wait a second. The federal government's like knows where everyone is because everyone has a has a smartphone and they're yes, tracking you. Yes, yes, you know. So like we know anyone using a fake social security number, want to just like drop them off in Tijuana. Bye bye. Well, I'm going to appoint Tucker Carlson as my bye bye ambassador no, but, to figure this out. So we're going to work together on this. And I, no, I'm a sincere question. I, like I'm maybe the well. reason that people come by the millions yes. uninvited illegally making a mockery of the rule of law. I have to obey the law, but someone from Haiti doesn't or what? But they come because they know that no politician will say, come and you're, you're leaving. Like they don't put up with this in Japan. Absolutely. Well, they don't put like up you're gone. You know, but it was anywhere in the world. In fact, uh, France is now finding out what happens when you let people in 
unabated. Germany is. Uh, London, England is, for all practical purposes, a uh, uh, a city that's been taken over uh, by Muslims. It's it's a Muslim city now. It's got a Muslim mayor. Well, to me, they let in people who are not going to meld into their culture. You, you, you know what? They actually stopped immigration in this country at one point. Sixties, you know, like around eighteen ninety or something. They stopped because we had let in so many people. We just need time to digest everything that's coming in. And if you let in a massive amount of people who have nothing to do with your culture. They're going to all start living together. Well, and that's and then, that's exactly what happened. Is they were going yeah. going to New York, and they were there was a little Italy, there was a little Poland, there was, uh, yeah. and they all but lived all in happened. in their in their neighborhoods because they were comfortable with each other. They defended each other, and it was for their own safety. And it took a while for them to branch out. People would slowly start going out into the rest of the country, and they would start uh, getting jobs other places, and and then sending for other people. I mean that's. You know, that's the way America, but they had to stop the uh, immigration for many years. In fact, I don't think it picked up again until sometime in the 60s after cutting it off in the 1890s. I mean, it was, there was nobody getting in for years. Yeah, they stopped it or greatly restricted it for 40 or 50 years because they had let so many people in. But to, to, and you know what the thing is, I mean, you let in Italians and Irish and they, and they looked down on them and they weren't part of the culture because they were Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just think about that. Now you're letting in people who, don't have any relationship to your culture whatsoever. That that's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Well, but as we were discussing before we went to the last break, you've got all these Hispanics they've let in who they thought because they're letting them in, Uncle Joe's going to let you in, and they're wearing Uncle Joe T-shirts, and uh, that they would all be loyal to the Democrats. The only thing is, they get in and they find out that uh, they don't. They're not looking out for them. And that uh, they're all sending most of their money back to Mexico and Honduras, El Salvador, to take care of their families until they can get them here. And once yep. they get here, they start. They're all going to church again. They're a family unit. Uh, they want their kids to go to good schools, and they want a oh, safe listen, neighborhood. I'm, I'm pro immigration, and people who take up and give up everything and take up their families and risk their lives and their wives and their kids. They're going to turn out to be great Americans, and they're going to work hard, and they're going to provide for their family. They want a, a shot, and I'm that's I'm totally cool with that. But we just can't let in millions and millions no. and millions of people all at once. You well, can't do that. You have to have some control over what's coming in. You go back and look at the Communist Manifesto, and one of the whole things to it is to overwhelm the system, and that is what is going on with the immigration. It's overwhelming the system. The other thing is to create chaos, and that's what they're doing in all these democratic cities is creating chaos, like in San Francisco, L.A., with the homeless. And they're not doing anything about the homeless situation in any of these places. And Gavin Newsom, that's when he was mayor of San Francisco, he came up with his 10-year plan to end homelessness. And then he just left and became the mayor, the governor, and never the problem's bigger than it ever was. Yeah, yeah, and it so, is. I, but I don't think they ever dreamed that all these uh, Hispanics would come here and go, hey, you know what? I think we're conservative. And uh, yeah. In fact, the other day I, I saw we're 24% of the Democratic base that uh, voted all those people in and kept the Senate in the hands of the Democrats I have now left the Democratic Party. And they're, they're, the Democrats are actually really panicking now because they really don't know what to do. And uh, I think if the Republicans just sit out there and, and uh, put some good candidates there, but 
right now Trump is so far ahead. What's your thought on him participating in the uh, debate or not? I mean, there are people who say he shouldn't and didn't need to. He's got 60% of the you lead. Know, I think he's missing a bet because, I mean, it, the only thing you remember from the, you know, the 2016 debate the debates. is Trump. It's Trump. Yeah, and you know, what he said. Like, yeah, because he's so funny, and, he, and he'll say stuff that, you know, people are shocked by it, and, it, and his face loves it. I mean, I think he's, like today, they started a thing with Tucker Carlson, and it's on the Blaze channel on YouTube, and my wife and I were watching it before we had to leave, and he's, uh, Tucker Carlson is interviewing everybody on YouTube today that's a presidential candidate except for Donald Trump. He refused to be involved in it. That's well, stupid. I think it's a mistake too because he, he I, on one hand, he goes, "Well, I, I shouldn't lower myself to it." That's what we liked about him before. Is exactly. hey, uh, you know, I'll go anywhere, talk to anybody. And, he was the gin <clears throat> bottle that America, that blue, that blue collar regular American yep. people threw through the front window of the White House. Yeah, wake up, people! Yep. We've got this guy, and he knows who we are. And now he's too good to to debate. Come on. And I don't think he's lit. I think for somehow he's he's gotten in his head that he doesn't have to do this. And, That's not and, right. And uh, you know the thing is, I, I like a lot of what he does, but as with anybody of that uh, dynamic of personality, you ain't gonna like everything they do. And I think this well, is, this is a mistake. And and I think by the very nature of who else he's going up against, you need to see how. You know how you have you, you get a new TV and you go well I don't I want to look at something a show I'm familiar with on that TV before I buy it because I know what it looks like on a good TV. Well, the same thing yeah. goes with a candidate. I want to see him go up against people I know and see Absolutely. how they how they do against them because I've seen him before against the candidates he ran before and he smoked all of them. Well, I want well, to see if that's going to hold true again. And he's the first time he's really we've really seen him since before since he lost the election. I mean, I you may have sought him out and watched him do something, but the most of America hasn't seen Donald Trump since then. No, especially if you so watch CNN or yeah. if you watch CNN, MSNBC, uh, ABC, CBS, you don't see Trump. They don't no. show any of those rallies. I saw, no, they don't want to help him. <clears throat> they don't. Even Fox has adopted that. I saw a so picture. Yeah, they have that. For him, it's a perfect time for him to show up and say, listen. You know, I know that I have a bad style, that I, that I jump on everybody. That's just who I am. I won't change. That's the kind of person I am. And I don't hate Ron DeSantis. I don't hate any Republicans. But I just think I can do a better job. You know, just go in there and sell it. I agree. And he's, crazy. the other thing is he's uh, he needs to be out there and, and showing and talking about, forget about what happened in 22, man. Yeah, absolutely. What we got to do now is just move forward and say elections are about the future. Yep. They're not about the past. And, and he's got that paint on him. He needs to move forward. And but he does need to show his sense of humor. He does need to, uh, you know, come up with this quick because he, he can't stop that. I mean, that's like telling somebody not to be funny. You know, if you're funny, yep. you're going to be funny. And yep. it's like telling. Uh, and he is. He's got that. He's yeah. got that power of persuasion. You know, it's like he's nuts not to just go ahead and go. Hey, I'm back, baby. Let's have fun. Let's get, let's do this over again. Well, and, and make it better this time. And he needs to be talking about everything. He needs to be talking about yes. the cocaine in the White House right now. He yes. needs to be talking and about everything going forward. Yep. Let's uh, make this great. Let's make America great again. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you're going to sell it, you're not going to sell it by not appearing, no, not and, showing up. And I think everybody is absolutely so sick of the crime of this nation that the, the number one thing I would be talking about is I'm going to put people back to work. We're going to get inflation down. 
Uh, we're going to stop spending money, and we're going to clean up our cities. And uh, you know what? It, he did a he he had a lot of good things going on, and all of that stuff collapsed because they turned their backs on all of it. And now he can come back and go. You know what? I told you so. Yeah. And that's exactly what you do because everything he told him and warned him against. All he would Absolutely. have to do is just play clips from him before saying, "If you vote for Joe Biden, this is what's yep, going to happen." This is what you're going to get. And every single thing he warned them against is exactly what's happened. And now they don't want to capitalize on it. I don't get it. I, you know, I, I don't either. And and <laughs> but that's why he needs to go. I, I saw a, a picture the other day of him uh, shaking hands with Guy Fieri, the guy that grabbed uh, diners and dives. Yeah, yeah. And this woman goes, "Look at this. He's shaking hands with Guy Fieri. I didn't. I really didn't watch his show that much, but I'll never watch his show again because oh, he shook God hands God. with that, that that man." And she said, and yeah. "Look at the crowd behind him. Where do these people come from?" And that's how isolated they are from what's going on. Is that he's drawing that many people wherever he goes? He walked into a WWE fight the other night. It just I walked in it. on the court. And the place erupted. Yeah, one of the fighters after his match, after he had you know beat the crap out of somebody, jumped over the <laughs> uh, the railing and came over and shook his hand. Yep. And Rogan, Joe Rogan, shook his hand too. Yep. So yeah, I mean he was he's he's beloved by so many people. He needs to get rid of all this stuff and just accept it and move forward. Well, once again, Jim, they need to listen to us. If the president exactly. would listen to Earl and Jim, we've never been yep. wrong before, and we're still <laughs> right. <laughs> So he needs Absolutely. to tune in. Uh, They're like the, those two guys on the Muppets that sit up in the uh, theater <laughs> box. I remember those guys. I love those guys. <laughs> those guys were called something like Stetson and Waldorf. Yeah. I also <laughs> like the two guys that used to watch those old movies on the front row of the movie theater and, and yeah. make jokes about them, how bad the science fiction movie was. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. and have got Jim for just about 10 more minutes. And um, So stay with us. We'll be back. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back. Uh, we do have a, uh, a wreck that's uh, on I-240 West. It's over on the right-hand side of the road, so I think traffic's moving pretty good. I checked the cameras out, so it looks like you're moving through there, but... Just be aware of that. Otherwise, that uh, traffic looks pretty good out there all over the place. Uh, we've got Jim Elliott on the phone up in Connecticut, and we were talking earlier about uh, Tucker Carlson had a thing on the blaze. I guess they can go see it uh, anytime they want to. Is, is it on um, uh, YouTube? What? YouTube. Yeah. And and uh, I thought it was really interesting because Pence, uh, it, he interviewed just everybody but Trump, right, all the different candidates. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a cut where he, he Pence is, is starting to get frustrated with Tucker, which I love it when people get frustrated with Tucker. He's cut twenty two. Would you may, may I ask? Would would you be? And I I believe you have a good faith position on this, and we have disagreements on it. But I want to just I, I can't let you elide over the question of the treatment of Christians. And I, I know I, I heard and that. Would again, you be? Well, no, but hold on. Would you? you would you? Problem be is willing? you don't accept my answer. I just told you that I asked the religious leader in Kiev if it was happening. You asked me if I raised the issue, and I did. And I'm saying I also raised it with incorrect. the Ukrainians, and I was told that there are. There are religious leaders who have been working with the Russian military that is murdering people by the thousands. Okay. I mean, Tucker, look, 
Uh, wait, but hold on. Don't you think... Let me explain to you what I think our national interest is there. I would think you would have greater concern for religious liberty in Ukraine. And I'm surprised I, I by told you I raised the issue of religious liberty. No, you spoke to one person who's clearly I didn't on one I side of one it. Person. And I, there are many, many news reports that are not disputed by anybody that right. many clergy have been arrested in Ukraine. And I'm merely saying I may not agree with their views. I'm not Russian Orthodox. But you can't arrest clergy for having different views, period. Because if you do, you violate the basic tenet of religious look, I, liberty. I won't, look, I want to be clear with you. I won't stand by it. I won't stand for it. If people are being persecuted for their religious beliefs, I won't stand for it. In any country with which the country of our nation is supporting or our allies are supporting. Yes. Period. Paragraph. And once again, that's uh, Pence, and he's come out as obviously in favor of the war in Ukraine, um, and and Tucker has never been in favor of the war in Ukraine. And I think if you look back at the industrial military complex, whenever uh, they run out of wars, they find a war. And I think they did this time. They just announced yesterday that Biden's sending 3,000 more reserve uh, troops to uh, to the Europe, where there are already 80,000 troops. And uh, if I know our country, and I think I do, they've had uh, Green Berets and Special Forces and Special Ops people there operating for quite some time now. Your thoughts, Jim? Well, I mean, did you listen to Pence? I mean, the guy, the guy's a cardboard cutout. I mean, at one minute he's fighting Tucker because he really drilled down and talked to them, and the next minute he's saying he totally stands on Tucker's side. And he didn't even make a stand there. I mean, the guy's not going anywhere. I, I don't, I, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's trying to achieve. But he's not going to be president. He no. just doesn't have. No, and he, uh, he. He's a nice guy, and he's trying to please everybody, just like uh, uh, who were we talking about earlier that was, uh, oh, Harold Ford Jr. You know, he, he comes out, and he doesn't offend anybody, and, and, and uh, Pence never offends anybody uh, until he did come out and say that uh, the president was wrong for trying to get him to, uh, you know, say that uh, that uh, they should stop the election because uh, the it was rigged. And uh, he tried to walk the center court on that as far as he yeah. could. And and then when Trump said he was not, wasn't loyal, he got very indignant over that. And uh, I was loyal, but not loyal. Let me just make that clear. No, it's you know what it's like. There's only there's only like I mean Vivek Ramaswamy is pretty good. He I really like is I like him too. And uh, you know, and Trump is just Trump. I mean, he's just like got the whole thing going on. And who else is there? I mean, honestly, who else is there? Well, I mean, dude, for the my Republicans, wife me, my wife told me this morning. You know, if Chris Christie got oh. <laughs> the nomination, I'd vote for Chris Christie. It's just like, well, that's because she just does not want Trump. You know what I mean? But there's there's but, no one else in the race that yeah. can do anything to Trump. He's going to be the nominee. Whether you want it or not. And I think your wife, Marnie, is one of those those people. She got an attitude about Trump a long time ago. It doesn't yep. matter what he does. She ain't never going to vote for him. And, no. Uh, well, well, you know what? I asked her if it comes down to Biden and Trump, who would you vote for? And she didn't answer that. And I don't think she would vote for Biden. No. But, I she, mean. She just I, wouldn't you know. vote. I think there's a lot of people that just wouldn't yeah, vote. I know. I know. And, uh. I, so, you know, the thing is, I'm, and I've often t- tried to tell people, I said, you got to look at Trump like uh, 
it's back in the wild west and you needed somebody to come in and clean up Dodge city. And you're not going to like this guy. Cause he's going to, he's the kind of guy that's going to come in he's going to be tough as nails. And he's going to do things okay. that we would not do ourselves, but you got to right. have somebody that will do that and they'll do it. And, and everybody knows what they're capable of. Nobody was giving us the, the trouble that we're having all over the world because of who we got in the white house now. And nobody thinks he's going to do anything. Especially Democrats did. The Democrats went out and said, well, you know what? We can't have Bernie. He's too far left. So we'll get Joe because Joe's been around forever. He's good old dependable Joe. And he comes in and they start controlling him or Joe starts deciding, okay, I want to be a transformation president. And he becomes something that he wasn't, he never ran to be. No. And so the thing about Trump is that with Trump, you know exactly what you're getting. Yep. You know, with Biden, you get yeah, I'm not sure what I'm getting. I'm getting a far left Democrat president who's telling me well, that he's going to be. Well, he tried to know, come off as a moderate while he was running, yeah, and then the yeah. day he got into office, he shut down the the Canadian pipeline, stopped any more production of oil, and the and inflation began that day. And what if he had been a moderate president and actually started sticking his neck out and saying, "Listen, I'm not going to listen to the extremes of either party. We're going to try to sit down." I got elected to be this person. I'm going to be this transformational president that's actually going to bring the country back together. I actually think he could have been but, a very important president. I don't think he's going to be remembered that way. No, he instead he came in and polarized the country even more than it was already polarized. Exactly. They, exactly. They had uh, Robert uh, Kennedy on the, the Fox this morning, and he said that he said, "Look, I, I'm not going to talk bad about anybody because he said I'm not here to do that. I'm here to bring the country together. That's what we need more than anything else." I'm telling you, man, the guy's got a message that'll appeal to enough people in the left and the right and the center that I, I don't think he should run as a third party. No, I don't but, think he, he needs to stay in the Democratic but Party. But I mean, it's the Democrat primary could get out of control, and if it's Robert Kennedy, man, this is going to be a wild race. <laughs> I agree with you. Because yeah. uh, he's the Second Amendment guy, and when yeah. all this stuff about he's, he's against all vaccinations, that's not Listen, true. I'm sure there's things that he would do as president that would be too crazy for me. But on the other hand, I want somebody that the same reason I voted for Trump. I want someone to go in there and start kicking people's butts and changing the yeah. world. And, and he I said don't think he said I he would do that. He said Trump. Can. He said I'm going to end the Department of Education immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I think. I is, know. And also, he would re uh, reorganize the FBI, the Department See, of then, Justice. Earl, we're, we're, we become radical people because uh, because we used to believe in 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 America itself, and now we believe in tearing down everything so that we can rebuild it because the way it was when it worked. Because it's become corrupt, and we all know it's yeah, corrupt. Because it's corrupt, and that's yep. what he said. He said basically, I'm going to tell everybody the truth, and I want everybody yep. to know I'm telling the truth because they've been mm-hmm. lied to by everybody. I know. And when I you know. and when you say that. <laughs> My ears perk up. Anybody to tell me the truth, and and we can back it up, and and you don't see them ever deviate. Because you know what? If you lie once, you're a liar. And if he gets in there and starts doing stuff that nobody's ever done before, he'll get a bunch of people behind him. Absolutely. And uh, no, so I'm, 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 listen, I'm not. I'll vote for a Democrat. I'll vote for a Democrat. Give me somebody who worth who's worth voting for. Right, well, that's and just you know, be who you are, and tell yeah. us who you are. And then yep. st- stick to it because we've been lied yeah, to so many stick times. To it. I feel like a good-looking girl before prom. You know, everybody's lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Jim Elliott. Thanks for coming on. Always enjoy your take on things. Um, oh.
Love yeah. being on. All right. We'll talk again soon. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break there. We're going to check in with Randy Wright with the dive shop. He's down in Florida. We're going to also find out what experience he had at the Memphis International Airport. There's evidently no parking places out there, or very few. We'll find out about that right after the break. Stay with us. And welcome back. Uh, going back to the phones, we got Randy Wright with the dive shop who's uh, down in Florida uh, with his lovely wife on vacation. And I wanted to check in with him and find out. Uh, I talked to you earlier today. It was raining then. How are things now? Man, it's overcast and absolutely gorgeous. We've got a light wind blowing, and uh, it's nice and cool down here. We're in Cape Sand Blast overlooking the Bay of St. Joe. Um, St. Joe, Florida, right across the bay from us, man, is beautiful. Yeah, uh, I was. We were talking earlier this week about uh, the airport. Uh, um, uh, Mark Graney, uh, who's a um, uh, hit uh, novelist from Memphis, worked with his dad at Channel yeah. Five. He uh, said, trying to get out of here, he couldn't find a place to park. There are people are literally being told there's no place to park there, and that there's no place on the private parking lots outside the airport. Uh, what was your experience? Well, I we actually flew out last Monday, and it was uh, the the parking was tight, but there was room on each of the floors out there on the six dollar parking. Uh, seven was wide open if you wanted to park outside. I really didn't want to leave my car exposed to the elements, but we were able in in ten minutes to find a spot on four. I think they had eight or ten on four, you know, six or eight on five. A little bit less on six because that's the last resort before you go outside. But <laughs> yeah. seven was wide open, man. Uh, the I'd heard that the, the elevators were problems with the elevators, the walkways, and and uh, and then Todd Starnes, who just got back into town, he flew out today. It took him forty minutes to find a parking place, and finally did. Uh, and but he said that he did have one elevator working. You said there was they were working on one elevator that next. Well, morning. yeah, it sounded like there was work going on on one, but the other three were working fine. You know, there's four of them in that parking complex, and a lot of people stand there and they hear it ding, and they don't look to the left. They don't really realize that there's four elevators in that <laughs> little space. Yeah. And I've seen the, I've seen the doors open and close and somebody you know standing outside not really notice. Well, it's uh flying is 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 an ordeal. It's not like it used to be where you, you remember when you could you go up to the gate and and you could walk people out to the little cyclone fence and then they'd walk from there out to the ramp and walk up to the plane and you'd wave goodbye to them. Now it's, it's still just, like that in Dustin. Yeah, well. <laughs> God bless them. I, I, I'd love that. And it's also that if you fly out of Wilson Air, it's like that. It's just if you ain't got a private plane, you ain't flying out of Wilson Air. So uh, the, uh, the there were some more warnings on the national news about uh, they're seeing sharks all over the place. And uh, you pointed out before you left, that's where they live. So Yeah, sharks live in the ocean. It's, it's, um, it's a phenomenon. It's one of those things. <laughs> And once the media points out that they're there, people start to look for them, so they see them. The rest of the time, they don't even realize it. Well, it's and they did show some uh, drone shots looking down. Guys are sitting on surfboards out in uh, in Hawaii, and there's a big white uh, shark, and it's just kind of sitting there cruising, not going after anybody. Yeah. And it's uh, it's you know the. 
the whole thing about the movie Jaws is it scared the hell out of everybody, and it continues to do so. And then they made all the sequels that scared the hell out of everybody. But sharks, there are whales out there that can do every bit as much. The most dangerous animal in Africa is a hippopotamus. They they kill more well, people I, than sharks. Oh, well, the most dangerous animal in the world is a human being. Well, you're right. I forgot about those. We don't seem to be concerned about the fact that they're all around us all the time. Yeah, yeah. and there's no red flags up on the streets of Memphis saying beware of human beings. Uh, yeah, because they're well, certainly I mean, it, up there. It's amazing to me having lived my life around the ocean and in the ocean and that kind of thing. These animals are not out to to be predatory on humans. No. Uh, Any time that that happens, there's other circumstances that are involved in that kind of stuff. We spent the day on the beach fishing in the surf in the rain and uh, didn't catch much. The weather was kind of bad. It wasn't to our advantage, but we had a wonderful day and I wasn't the least bit concerned about anything uh, prey wise while I was there. Yeah. I was going to say about uh, the uh, undertow or any kind of riptides, uh, anything like that. And oh yeah, we were specifically fishing in a riptide because it carries your bait out past the sandbar. <laughs> you use the riptide, as <laughs> absolutely. A of fact. Yeah, I mean, once you know what those things are, you can avoid them as a swimmer or a or a beachcomber playing around and that kind of stuff. But you know that has a lot of use. Yeah. As divers, you know, one of the things we look for if we're diving off the beach is a is a riptide, because you can use that to take you out offshore and you can do your dive and then you swim out of it and come back to the come and, back to the beach riding the the waves coming back in. As you pointed out last time you were here on the show, uh, is don't fight it, go with the flow, and it will slowly <laughs> dissipate and you can swim right in. Yeah, and generally they don't go very far. You know, I mean the thing is, is seventy five, a hundred yards offshore, you can get out of it. Uh, and then you can pretty much ride the surf back in because if there is that kind of undertow, there is movement of water towards the beach. What that is is the water trying to get away from the beach. Uh, I know you're a big cook. You're always putting stuff that you do cook on. When you go to Florida, I mean, you, you have everything is readily available. You can go to all kinds of fresh uh, fish markets and get whatever you want. Do you do that or do you guys try to go out a couple of times? Well, we do go out now and then. I mean, uh, we went out last night to a wonderful restaurant over here on the on the other on the on the main uh, part of Florida. I don't even remember the name. It's called the View, and I don't remember the name of the little community. It's in north of Port St. Joe or west of Port St. Joe. Really, really nice food uh, tonight. I got some fresh grouper. And we're going to pan saute that and uh, serve it up with some with some really nice rice with some vegetables and things like that. And we've got some shrimp to grill. So, you know, we kind of play all over the boards with that. Well, and I think that's the thing about it is, is we go there. We'll go out once or twice. But uh, actually, you, you go there to enjoy the, getting the freshest seafood you could ever get. And it's, it comes in every day. And you go back and you cook it the way you want to cook it and relax. I mean, to me, getting out in traffic, and that's that's the whole thing about it, especially if it rains or something, then everybody goes out and gets on the streets. Yeah, well, that's the nice thing. Down here where they call this area down around Port St. Joe, Apalachicola, Cape San Blas, they call it the Forgotten Coast. And it doesn't have any kind of traffic like they have on 30A up there around Miramar and all that kind of stuff. 
Uh, we haven't been involved in traffic for two days now, and it's just absolutely wonderful. Well, we'll check with you next week so we hear all about your trip. Have a good time and tell your lovely wife hi and enjoy your grouper. Man, I appreciate it. Y'all have a great weekend, and uh, this is Randy Wright from the Dive Shop. Come see us at 999 South Gate. All right, uh, that's it for us. Uh, have a great weekend. We're going to go see Live at the Garden tonight, and I hope to see you out there. And Otherwise, have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.